to the Standardized Patients Podcast. I'm your host and extreme extrovert, Katie Culligan. In this podcast, we dive into the who, what, why, and huh of this quirky industry that no one's ever heard of. So what's a standardized patient, you may ask? Well, a standardized patient is a... According to Kramer on Seinfeld, it's an opportunity for an actor to really flex their muscles and get into their character while providing some education to some hardworking medical school individuals. Very nice. Thank you. According to Kramer, the world of standardized patients, according to Kramer. Thank you, Drew. So this is Drew Kopas. He is our guest for today. Thank you for that lovely uh, definition of standardized patients, which we actually discussed a little bit in our first episode. So according to Drew Kopas, Drew Kopas really appreciated when you subscribed to this podcast which I appreciate as well. <laughs> if you were really listening well, you would have noticed that he is from Cleveland, Ohio, and now lives and performs on stage and on camera in the DMV region. Uh, in the future, if you were going to see him, you would see him in Nathan the Wise at Theater J slash Folger Theater. If you do see him in that, he may perhaps reveal more of himself to you. Myself or a Templar knight who I'm playing, who Ooh. I'm basing entirely on Kylo Ren. All right. So Ooh. that should be good. Or yeah, was... terrible. Either way. <laughs> so are we getting like an Adam Driver type well, situation? Not like, not like Ben Swolo where like I remove my shirt and then pine after Ray. More like in a very whiny emo sense. <laughs> uh, so he's like a Templar okay. knight who's like, everything's gone wrong. I miss my family. And he encounters Nathan the Wise, the yeah. eponymous individual uh, in the play, and his daughter. And oh. he's like, maybe I'll switch things around. Maybe I'll be totally crazy. It's placed during the Crusades. Ooh. Nathan the Wise is a Jewish character. Okay. And my character is, uh, what's oh, what's the best way to put it? Anti-Semitic? Oh, or, okay. Because it's the Crusades and he's a Christian. <laughs> and he's like, you know, oh. not super tolerant. But he learns to be tolerant. That's the crux. Oh, so he has a nice character arc. Yeah. 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 That's good. I mean, last time that I read it, when you said the Nathan the Wise, I was like, oh, yes, that is the name of the play. I got cast in that play so long ago before COVID oh. that I just keep referring to it in my head. It's the play I hope I get to do. Yeah. And I've forgotten the time. I'm very excited to do I'm very excited to play this character. I've been like yeah, listening bet. to podcasts about Templar Knights while yeah. I work out and um, <laughs> I try and trying to learn more in my spare, very spare time. Well, good for you. I'm very excited for you to get to be back on stage. Yeah, very excited. <sighs> what a long I'm, time. Oh man, I'm hoping to a, bring the noise bring and the it. funk. You will. Yeah. You will bring um, the noise and the also funk. Also the funk. Yes, I believe that about you. Well, I'm excited for you. So Drew, you're also um, a standardized patient. I am a standardized yes. patient and a standardized patient instructor. How did you get into standardized patient work and what point did you get into it? I think I heard about it on Seinfeld when I was a kid. On that mm-hmm. episode that you've talked about previously and that like I referenced, <laughs> I was doing my first show at Constellation Theater in DC. We had just started rehearsals. It was right before New Year's in 2010. All right. And I was doing another show at the time. So I was like performing, rehearsing it on my nights off from another show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm about to be unemployed and I'll be doing this show, but I'll be rehearsing it and I need a day job. Mm-hmm. I remember like asking around this cast of people I did not know yet. Like, wow. Does anybody you. know of a job? <laughs> And Joe Thornhill uh, was like, hey, I work at a university. And so he gave me the hookup and I came and auditioned. I 
prepared very hard for it. I remember yeah? being like super prepared. Good for you. And because later after I'd gotten the job and like had to be the patient uh-huh. for the auditioning possible standardized patients, I remember being like, oh, I, you fell into all the traps. <sighs> well, you did really well, but like I could recognize yeah. that I had tried too hard. But it was good. Well, hey, it just says something about your work ethic. And happen? you got the gig. And right? I got the gig. Because you're still doing it. And I still work there. And it's 11 That's years like later. 10, yeah, 10, 11 years later. Congratulations. Thank Happy you. decade of SBA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it went by very quick. It sure does. A lot of life happens uh, while we're pretending to be other people. (laughs) So our big topic for today is actually feedback. So feedback is kind of a big topic because it's something that is very important to standardized patient work, something that involves the standardized patients, SPs, and the students, often where the standardized patients will give the med students feedback after an encounter, whether it's good, bad, or usually somewhere in between. Sometimes students give other students feedback. Preceptors and attendings and, you know, doctor, teachers, mentors give students feedback. And sometimes even, very rarely, but sometimes SPs give other SPs Mm -hmm. feedback uh, under certain circumstances. So that's what we're going to dive into today. So Drew, what is your experience with feedback? (laughs) Everywhere I've worked, I've worked at multiple universities. There's always this pre-meetings or training. They're like, you know, this is how we'd like you to give your feedback. And it generally is in some sort of sandwich form, mm-hmm. which, is, which is like, you're going to offer uh, a positive thing and maybe a constructive feedback in the middle and then like another positive thing in the end. But you're going to sandwich that like crucial thing at the beginning. So hypothetically, if a student did very poorly, mm-hmm. you would say, you know, like, I really appreciated when you asked me what I wanted to be called. And then, you know, you'd, it, <laughs> you'd put in the middle, you'd be like, it would be really great if you learned to, I don't know, palpate anything. <laughs> and then at the end, then you tag on with like, and I really appreciated that you used my name at the end, even though you got it wrong. <laughs> But, you know, generally they all do very well and you don't yeah, have that kind of thing. Semblance. But right. a, a legitimate form of feedback might be like, when you told me to raise my hands above my head and you said I could take my time, that made me feel like you were expressing empathy mm-hmm. and that I would like to see you again. Mm-hmm. You're offering things like that. And that's like a warmer piece. But if it mm-hmm. was like, when you never looked me in the eye during the encounter, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm staring you in the eyes as I say this, yeah. you never looked at me <laughs> in the eye during the encounter, it made me feel like you were scared of me and that I would not want to return to you as my doctor. Mm-hmm. Th- those bits of feedback tend to be those standard forms mm-hmm. that, sandwich. Uh, that I have been asked to offer. Are there any other kinds of forms that you've been asked to Yeah, use? no, this the sandwich is absolutely the main one. When you did this, I felt this way. When you did this, I felt this way, which would be the constructive... And then oftentimes we add on, when you avoided eye contact with me the entire encounter or visit, I felt nervous. Mm. Perhaps if you had taken several moments to give me direct eye contact, I would have felt more reassured. Mm. So I think mm. a lot of them are, then you give like, if you did this way, then it might have helped. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it feels a little condescending, but sometimes that's what they need to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then finishing it off. But also when you used my name at the very end before leaving and asked me if I had any questions before you exited, I felt cared for. Yeah. So yeah, I think that tends to be the the gold standard. However, I've definitely been in encounters and at different universities where they have kind of scrapped the sandwich form of feedback. It's more about just keep it specific mm-hmm. more, rather than like, when you were nice to me, I felt happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
when I work with my students and have to ask them to give each other peer feedback, mm-hmm. it's like, please don't just say like, you were good. You were so because good. Because you're scared of engaging. It's right. like, you know, offer specificity that's constructive mm-hmm. also will make them a better doctor. Offer me that kind of feedback as well. Because if they, as a standards patient, you don't want to like them to say something really nice in the room and not feel like they could express if they were like, actually, you mm-hmm. said you contradicted yourself three times and mm-hmm. I I take umbrage with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have found that too. Because a lot of times there's like the one-on-one feedback sessions where it's like the SP with the student after the encounter. And those are usually, I think, the most valuable ones, in my opinion, but that's yeah. just me. But then there's also the ones that are in group settings, which I think is what you're kind of relating to, where either the student was being watched by a whole group of other mm-hmm. students and their mentor teacher, or sometimes the students are watching from outside of the room or from an observation window, that yeah. type of a thing. So that's when, yeah, you get a lot of those. Attaboy, you know, you did great. <laughs> Not really couple, specific. Like, I'm so glad that wasn't me. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. I've definitely heard yeah, of that. Like, oh, you got the hard one. Oh, you oh man. first. Way to go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I would ever tell anybody they have cancer. Right. Exactly. But I think the one thing that I don't know about you, but I've struggled with a lot in the past with giving feedback. And this could be also not just verbal feedback, but written feedback. Because sometimes for certain events or tests, you have the opportunity to give the student written feedback rather than speak to them. And so you can still do that sandwich form of when you did this, I felt this. When you did this, I felt this. Perhaps if you had done this, I would have felt that, etc. What's really tricky is when a student is just fine. Would you agree? When a student... So um, (laughs) it's hard if you've been working on... You've been seeing a lot of students Mm -hmm. in one day and it tends to be a, a moment of plateauing. Either they're all excellent and they're reaching the bar and mm-hmm. the bar is high so like mm-hmm. reaching the bar it's great yeah and so they're all well prepared they practiced with each other and so they feel comfortable and so you're like i've just run out of things to say and so you're <laughs> like do i allow myself to type the same thing still relevant I you're like, yeah it's still relevant <laughs> i feel not as fresh mm-hmm. you know not saying like oh i really appreciated how assertive your hands were or came in very well prepared for xyz thing that we had to do today there is that struggle when they plateau or if you Mm -hmm. have had a long day and you've done the same thing with different students like eight times and just trying to to find a sense of fresh air and Mm -hmm. ensure that each student has an individualized time with you. Exactly. Which can be, you know, really helpful when a student is either incredibly good where you'd be like, ding, ding, ding. Oh, I know what I'm going to give them some good or incredibly bad, which is less often. I will be real. Like, however, it does happen where you're like, ooh, that's a point of feedback. Good. I'm glad I got a point of feedback at least. (laughs) Like selfishly, not for the student, but, um, but it's, yeah, it's usually those in-betweens where you're like, okay, they were perfectly fine. You know, like, how do we make that good feedback? And I think you're right. It just kind of comes to like keeping the fresh eyes. Katie, with, with that, how often do you find yourself wanting to type like they had great shoes like <laughs> i really like their outfit because oftentimes when we see the students they're in an exam and they're yeah. asked to dress in full doctor outfit and so you're like wow you don't want to say something like you have beautiful eyes you'll be a great doctor yeah. that would be not fair and like <laughs> generally frowned upon yeah it's um, a little a little uh, subjective but you're like you know i appreciate that you dress the part of mm. a professional mm-hmm. i guess that's something wearing that the you, white coat yeah the white coat's very important yeah i haven't seen a lot of like non-white coats like where you know it's not like they're waiters at olive garden they've been wearing the same shirt for a long time so they're generally fairly crisp which is marinara nice. stains oh my God. 
<laughs> some garlic bread. He's got a garlic bread in there. Like, <laughs> you, like, you eat it out of their pocket during the encounter. Like, I hungry. was told there was never-ending garlic bread. <laughs> Where's my next one? Where's my next one? When you didn't have enough garlic bread, I felt hungry. Perhaps. Perhaps. If you brought more garlic bread, <laughs> I would give you an A. Mmm, bribery. None of that is real. For no, people that's, who are listening to this right now, I'm definitely making jokes. Uh, please, <laughs> if you listen to this right now and wondering, should I ever hire Drew Copas? The answer is yes. Yes. But I can um, vouch and for I that. will be professional at the time. <laughs> but yeah, like that brings up another thing about feedback is that, you know, we can compliment their professionalism. Are they dressed the part, etc.? Like even if we really like the color of their nails, we're not going to put that in in feedback or the shoes. However, there has been a huge conversation in the past, I would say 5 or so years of what if a student, doesn't matter who they are, come in and they have some body odor oh, or their right. breath is really like so much yeah. garlic on their breath perhaps right. yes. or depending on what they're wearing, if it's a female, maybe they're wearing a really short skirt that they just didn't think, like, could be super cute going out, but maybe wouldn't be the most professional. Um, I've definitely done that in my life, too, like, as, as Katie, as me. So, like, but then there's the whole idea of, like, well, okay, what about, what can men get in trouble with wearing? Right? Oh, uh, I, I know that I have definitely seen students who, you've said body odor mm-hmm. and breath. And I know that in some places I worked at, we're not allowed to comment on that. It has Correct. to be like our preceptor who will speak to them at a separate time about mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But with uh, male students, I've encountered just being slovenly dressed. Maybe they didn't take whatever the encounter we're about to have as seriously as they should have. Yeah. And so their shoes might look a little like, not these are not doctor shoes. Mm-hmm. Like They look a little scuffed and more like basketball shoes mm-hmm. and their pants are not appropriate right. um, for this sweatpants yeah, sweatpants <laughs> shorts I like to wear ties and mm-hmm. so if you wear a tie and you do not and you wear it too there's one thing like, where it kind of slightly loose and like mm-hmm. kind of fashionable it's another thing to kind of be like wearing it like you don't want it on at all oh interesting and I encountered that I didn't give that student a note about it but I just contained the ire within myself <laughs> You didn't tell a higher up about it? No, uh, maybe later, like I did in private uh, mm-hmm. message. I was like, this person could have dressed a little better. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe they had a long night. Sure, yes, yes, I'm sure that happens. Yeah, there's a lot of staying up and studying. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the semester, maybe there's a staying up and holiday partying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you never know what they're going through. And the problem is that we just have to be aware of that. So, yeah, I would say it's more often than not that we're really not allowed to comment on it in the evaluation Correct. or feedback, but that sometimes we're encouraged to tell like the higher up. So we think it is really worth mentioning Yeah, because it can affect the professionalism of the student more yes. than anything else. It's one of those things where I'm sure there's been encounters where SPs have given feedback about those things where they weren't supposed to. And that's probably why we're taught not to. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yes. I mean, like, all of us SPs are, 90% of us are actors. We come from this world where things tend to be more open and talking mm-hmm. about subjects that can be more taboo in a regular work environment. We have to recognize that we're not in backstage where we can talk about A, our political beliefs, or B, mm-hmm. our, like, relationship stuff. Sure. Or C, you know, bodily functions yeah. as readily as we do, you know, in a theater or a camera environment. Right. But that being said, sometimes the feedback has to be about bodily functions. Oh, yeah. You know, so in the clinical sense, that is, meaning, like, I've done some cases in the past where we are able to give feedback after the fact and if the student isn't able to say if it's a sexual history type oh, right. um, situation yeah. or something that involves 
something that might be uncomfortable, whether it could be different things for different people, but we we have to encourage them to be able to say the words out loud. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> it becomes a little unprofessional on their end too. So there's a little bit of Yeah, because the, most of the students are very young. Mm-hmm. And if they've come out of a world, you know, they went to college and they probably studied very hard and maybe they didn't have a lot of raucous, you know, theater mm-hmm. parties that they went to. <laughs> and so they they didn't create a facility with having to talk about those sorts of things. Or hypothetically, they just live a life that tends to be more conservative about sexuality sure. or about those things. Or if we have a student who just doesn't touch patients of the opposite sex or mm-hmm. hasn't until medical school, yeah. them overcoming that sometimes can be hard or sometimes it's not. Like, I've had those students and we like talk through a thing and then we work through it and it's okay, mm-hmm. which is great to have kind of that professional environment. It's one of those times where it's actually rewarding mm-hmm. as a standardized patient. I'm helping this person a great deal mm-hmm. work through something that maybe they've not encountered will now carry that through in their medical career. Yeah. And in fact, one of my favorite things as I've done this for longer and longer is after I've had some verbal feedback one-on-one with a student, if I have enough time, I'll say, can you name one or two things from this feedback session that you'll take away and use for your next encounter? The teach-back method. The teach-back method. Exactly. Can you explain the teach-back method? So the teach-back method is you've given a student like five or six pieces of feedback And you generally get 10 to 15 minutes with the student Mm -hmm. to talk about how they felt, their reactions, Mm -hmm. their personal feedback on themselves. Then then you're like, great, now let me share with you. And then you kind of go down. And for you as a standardist patient, it's very easy to have this conversation because you've done this a billion times to be like, here are these things you need to work on in a very constructive way. And then you're like, I usually say, I've just said a lot of things at you for about five minutes Mm -hmm. and you're going to leave here and go on into your medical career. What? of those things do you think will best help you in your next encounter with a standardized patient or your next encounter with a patient when you're rounds? Because we see, you know, first year medical students, we fourth year medical students, sometimes we see nurses. And the teach back method is so helpful for them because it gives them an opportunity to synthesize the material that you just shared with them. And then it's more likely that they're going to remember it because they've had to say it out loud again. And oftentimes the thing they're going to take back is the thing that they were most either surprised to get feedback on or the thing that they were most insecure about. And now they have a tactic to overcome that. Yes, absolutely. And and it can also often be used on the patient too. So students learn this teach back method to then utilize it. There's even sessions on how to utilize it with your patient. Yeah. So it actually is a really great way of working and teaching people for what it's worth. So if you're learning that today from Drew, try it out. It's worth it when you're trying <laughs> it to teach in, something. It works in outside medical school. I yeah. teach for other organizations non-medically in the DC region, and it's super helpful for a lot of other things that I teach mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, history, science, math, very, very rarely math, <laughs> but science, history, and theater things. Yeah. So it's a good tool. It's a good tool. So lots of different ways to address feedback and give feedback. Have you experienced any sort of like funny, ridiculous situations when you've been giving feedback in the past? So occasionally I will play a character that is very different from who I am. Like you at the beginning of the podcast, you're like a super extrovert. And I'm also a super extrovert. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) We've been friends for a while. Yeah. And so in feedback with students, I'll have played some character that's very different from who I am. And they'll be like, whoa, Oh, you're looking me in the eye and like saying a lot of things to me and making me laugh or they're taking pity on me and I'm making them laugh either way. (laughs) And so oftentimes that is a thing that happens during feedback Mm -hmm. or we get into a conversation about 
I'll say something like, you know, what patients really love, you know, like, you know, you did a really great job with all the actual maneuvers or let's talk about your interpersonal skills. With this. So we're going to talk about like adding a little bit of frosting on the cake that you've created. Mm -hmm. And here's the bit you have. One thing that is great is if you can find a way to make the patient remember something about you and you remember something about them. So mm -hmm. if when you come in and you meet your patient for the first time and you you know, say like, what's your name? What do you like to be called? And you're probably washing your hands or you're like getting your stethoscope out and so you can make some small talk. What do you do for a living or where are you from? And so if they say they're from XYZ location, you may be like, oh, I'm from there or somewhere near there. And you have a conversation about that. Mm -hmm. Your favorite place to buy cheese in Arlington or something. <laughs> Um, I actually do have a place there. <laughs> <laughs> you should give them free advertisement now and then you'll sponsor the podcast. Arrow wine. <laughs> Arrow wine. Delicious. <laughs> so oftentimes I will get into a conversation with students about that and they'll be like, well, it's practice. It's like, oh, well, I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm from Cleveland and my football team hates your football team. <laughs> and so then we like have a good like laugh and chat about that situation. And then now you've created a thing that you and your doctor and your mm -hmm. patient, you can recall. And you as the patient would want to come back mm -hmm. because you've created this fun tete-a-tete -tete relationship with yeah. your doctor. Like, oh, I want to go back to Dr. Fredrickson because he and I will talk about smack to each other about sports <laughs> or how much we love the view or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the diametrical opposite to sports is the view apparently in my head. But yeah, no, the idea of just like creating something to build a rapport. Yes. Uh, whether it's football teams or where you're from or something, anything. In fact, I saw a doctor, like an actual primary care many years ago, and he found out my wedding date. He was like, oh, you were married on October 3rd. I'm going to write that down. And I just remember thinking like, oh. Oh, that's so nice. So uh, it gives us opportunities to just connect with our med students or connect with the patients. Yeah. And I think feedback is, in my opinion, it's the best opportunity when you're a standardized patient to be able to make a difference yeah. for the students, not just to be a body, not even just to be an actor that is pushing them in new ways, which is great, but then to be able to say, well, actually, like, I know a lot of people were watching this, but from my perspective, as this particular patient in this particular moment, moment. You know, you're in the room with them. Somebody might be watching over the camera and thinking that the body language is really good, but what they're not seeing is that they're clicking their pen the whole time. Oh yeah. Click, 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 click. Cause they're nervous. Yeah. yeah. Or something in that nature. And that's a good opportunity for us to say, you know, okay, this was all really great and a tactful way, but also here's just a teeny and a really easy piece of feedback to don't bring a clicky pen in. Then, <laughs> then you won't click it or don't sit on a rotational stool. That's going to rock oh, back and forth. Yeah. yeah cut out of that. So I think that those types of moments are really like valuable and also kind of fun. So whenever I can do verbal feedback, that's like, I really, really enjoy it. But I have to ask, have you ever given some feedback to a student that didn't take it well? Yes. Okay. Tell uh, us about I definitely had one time to give feedback to a student to tell them their professionalism was lacking mm. and they went into defensive mode immediately mm. and started offering like reasons why I was wrong. Oh. And I was like, I hear what you're saying. I appreciate what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But as the patient or the instructor at the time, you need to keep these things in mind. That was the only time it's ever been like difficult because I will say 99.9% .9 of the time, the students come in and they're come from a place of, I am not an expert on interpersonal skills. Right. And I... I'm happy to take any feedback I can get mm -hmm. because the places where we work, they really are blessed with the opportunity to work with standardized patients so much mm -hmm. because in other universities that I have worked, they only work with standardized patients oftentimes in just exams. Yeah. 
And so then they get a little bit of feedback, but like they don't get practice with right. that. And so I too also relish the time to give the personal mm -hmm. feedback rather than typing yeah. or just giving them Ugh. clicking in grades. Into yeah, like one to five. Oy. One to five. Uh, and I will say this, that like whenever we are evaluating in the one to five category, so one is really needs to improvement and five is like, Amazing. And it they always give us this idea of you would probably write a letter, like a good glowing letter yeah. to that practice to be like, this doctor, I want to come back. Uh, one is like, you would probably write a letter <laughs> that you're so unhappy with what happened. Like one is seeing Dr. Spachemin from 30 Rock. <laughs> yeah. And a five would be as if Dolly Parton was your doctor. Oh, exactly. Right. She's saying and you're you. just like, I'm blessed to have been seen by you today. Thank you for sending books to all of my children in pain for vaccines for all of us. It's wonderful. Yeah. So the last thing that I want to say is like regarding like students that don't absorb or aren't willing to absorb some feedback. Sure. I've experienced really only once or twice students who have cried when I've given feedback. Oh. Um, and I, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty nice person. I yeah, try to be yeah. pretty tactful. I'm a pretty positive silver lining kind of person. So a lot of times when this has happened, it's more because of where they're coming from, not because of right. how I'm saying it, I, I would like to think. But I do remember this one in particular. It was this male student at one of the universities, and it was a small group feedback. You know, I think there were two other students in the room, and the preceptor was in there. And I was giving my feedback. And after giving some, you know, positive feedback, I give the negative feedback. And I think he started getting really emotional about mm -hmm. it. And I remember having this moment and actually telling him this is like, you know, honestly, this is a great learning opportunity. This is why we practice and truly just know that like we want you to do well. And it brought me back to being an actor when you go into an audition and there's always that trope that people talk about of like a casting person wants you to do well. They want to cast you because then their job is done and easy. Yeah. So it's the same idea of like we want the students. And so if any students are listening, please understand we want you to do well because that means not only is our grading for you easier, but it also gives us even more just reassurance of the future of our medicine and all that but also yeah. just we want that for you by the time that they're seeing you in that encounter they've had many encounters with sps mm -hmm. to talk about interpersonal skills and so like if they're getting rough feedback at that time they probably feel like oh no and then we as a patients feel like we've failed at our job because mm -hmm. we somehow didn't prepare this person well enough to break bad news mm -hmm. or whatever that case was exactly. that day because um, some are harder than others yeah. it's, and that's just the truth of it anyway well thank you so much for discussing feedback with me this was really awesome um, we've had some good times giving feedback to students oh <laughs> and hearing feedback from other people yeah. and students too but I just wanted to let our listeners know where they can find you if they want to follow you and that would be at your website www.drewcopus.com and you can see him in Nathan the Wise Nathan the Wise Folger Theater Theater J it's a co-production which makes it even more exciting I know it's a big, very, big thing yes yeah um, and we will hopefully get to see that too. So yeah. um, I appreciate you being here. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the Standardized Patients Podcast. Thanks so much to Randy Sharp for the use of our theme song, Mr. Garita. And you can find their music at Art List. Thank you also to Catherine Bublek for behind the scenes work, audio post-production, and cover art. And that's our show. See you next time as we encounter more standards of standardized patient work. Thank you.